Welcome to the preaching ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler, Arizona. Our desire is that God would be magnified through the preaching of His Word, and that Christians would be challenged, strengthened, and edified in their personal walk with Christ. It is our privilege to have evangelist Mark Herbster with us this evening. Mark has been a good friend for many, many years. I appreciate so much when our paths cross. We have a great time of fellowship together. I'm always encouraged and challenged and strengthened with, by my conversations with him. He's, he's been here at Tri-City many times uh, in traveling in evangelism. I believe last time was in 2018. And then shortly after that, he went to be on staff and work with Maranatha Baptist University for a number of years. He's now back into the, the evangelistic ministry. And so we're so glad to have him with us this evening. He'll also be speaking in our Tri-City Christian Academy Chapel tomorrow morning. And we're looking forward to his ministry with him. Trust that you will have your hearts open and receptive to God's word as he presents it to us this evening. Mark. Well, good evening, everyone. So good to see you on this Sunday evening in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Coming all the way down from Wisconsin, I know, Dr. Anderson, I'm sure you and your wife felt the same way, uh, just the joy of the sunshine. And we love Wisconsin and we love the snow, but... I have to tell you, the weather here is, is really nice. And uh, so it's great to be here with you. Pastor, thank you for this privilege of sharing the Word of God here this evening. And I'm so thankful that uh, you are going to be able to meet my mom and dad later this week. Many of you uh, probably have met them. Some of you, uh, they will be new to you. But uh, those of you that do not know our family, uh, we are a result of amazing parents. Let me just tell you, God's grace and amazing parents. And so you don't want to miss, I promise you, you do, do not want to miss hearing from my mom and dad. And it's not just my dad, you need to hear from my mom because uh, she raised three sons and uh, she learned to love football. She learned to love providing the snacks during all the games. She learned how to cook great food. And my mom is an amazing woman, and ladies, you're going to really enjoy hearing from her. I'm assuming that she'll be sharing and speaking at some point as well. I have an older brother who's a missionary in Hong Kong, and then I have a twin brother who is running Southland Christian Ministries in Ringgold, Louisiana, and no doubt all of us would testify. We are who we are. We are in the ministry today. We are doing what we are doing because we had faithful parents who were great examples to us. And they will tell you that the, the greatest thing you can do for your family is have a great marriage. And my mom and dad have always been a great example to us. And I hope that you are planning to be a part of the marriage conference. I just want to tell you there is a QR code, okay? So make sure you go and you, yeah, you, you uh, scan that. I mean, you can do that right now as I'm beginning here tonight. Scan that QR code. I promise you, you want to hear from my mom and dad. I'm so thankful that they'll be able to be here. And I was so excited to be able to tell pastor, I think my parents might be available. Let me check with them. And I'm really, really glad because I've been here at your ministry many times. Uh, this is a fantastic church, great Christian school, tremendous college and seminary ministry, worldwide ministry, missions going on. And I was excited to tell my mom and dad, you gotta, I don't know when's the last time they've been here, but I, you gotta go to Tri-City. Now I have to tell you that my dad was the pastor of Tri-City 
in Kansas City, Missouri, Independence, Missouri. So he's going to feel right at home here at Tri-City in Chandler, Arizona. And so I hope that you'll plan to be a part of that. Um, Pastor was telling me my dad will also be preaching on uh, Sunday, next Sunday as well. And it's hard to believe the, the time goes by so fast, it'll be here before you know it. Take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. And really, I really was led to this message tonight as a result of knowing what is coming for you Because many times people ask us, and maybe you're even wondering, what was the key? What was the ingredient? What was the virtue or value that was in your mom and dad and in your family that impacted you as boys so much so that now, praise God, my parents have great-grandchildren, and that's wonderful. And uh, we praise the Lord. The Lord is doing good, good things in our children, and I thank the Lord for that. But what, what was the key virtue? What was the key value? And it actually was what I was thinking about as I was preparing for tonight and what to share with you, knowing that I could lead into their conference that's coming later this week, is that we would talk about this virtue, this value tonight to challenge all of us to put it into our lives because this is what impacted us as young men as we grew up in the Herbster family. And it was this reality. Mom and dad were consistent. They, they were consistent. Let me tell you, they were consistent in their discipline. Trust me, I could tell you stories about that one. They were consistent in their love, in their expressions of love to us as as children. They were consistent in their commitment to the Lord, to his word, to ministry, and so forth. And really at the very heart of this idea of consistency is, is a word that we use most often in the church and we sing songs about it as well. And it is the word faithful. And that is really the challenge for us tonight that we would be consistent because at the heart of faithfulness is reliability, steadiness, consistency. You know, it's interesting that actually part of the Hebrew idea, the Hebrew root of that word was used to describe pillars of a building that would uphold the roof that was the steadiness and the consistency that's at the root of this word that is describing faithfulness to us. And what's interesting is that the scripture reveals to us that there is someone who is the perfect example to us of this faithfulness. And of course that is God, God himself, Jehovah. God is faithful, he's reliable, he's steady, he is consistent. And I wanna just remind us here tonight that this is the essence of success for us as believers. This is what it means to be prosperous in the kingdom of God. It is not necessarily the people who see the most fruitfulness that are always the the most successful. It is not necessarily the people that always have the most 
fulfillment in their life or emotional fulfillment and satisfaction in life that are the most successful because we know that sometimes faithful people don't see the fruit like they would like. And sometimes faithful people really don't see or feel the fulfillment that they want to feel in life. And is it not true that we are so prone to gauge our lives in a wrong perspective? We're pragmatic and we, we want to think that as, as long as we see success, as long as we see great results, then surely we're pleasing the Lord. But, but the fact is, sometimes the most faithful people, I've met people all over the world, I'm sure some of you have as well, some of the most faithful people, missionaries and so forth, that have had very little success in the world's eyes. I remember a few years ago, I was ministering on the islands of Japan. We went up to a, a town called Amori, Japan. In this town of about a quarter million people, we met a missionary whose name is uh, missionary David Harris. Maybe you've met him. I think he still travels now and works as one of the representatives for BIMI Mission Board. He had been there for 10 years and he had a congregation of 25 people. As we talked to him, as I was, uh, as I was an evangelist going there to try to help him evangelize and reach people, I remember sitting at a meal with uh, missionary David Harris and, and with tears streaming down his face, he testified of, of the hard work and the labor and, and the commitment that he had given uh, to literally, he and his people literally had knocked on and, and gone to every neighborhood, every neighborhood in that town, and it was just a very, very difficult place to minister. Uh, what I'm saying is I'm not willing, I'm not willing to say that he's not successful just because he doesn't see all the, the fruit. Of course, we want to see fruit. You shouldn't serve God if you don't want to see some results. Of course, that's obvious. We want to see results, but do not gauge your success based on results. But I also want to warn you that you do not want to gauge your success based on your feelings either, your feelings of fulfillment, because surely you know that, that your feelings, all of our feelings are like roller coasters. They're like up and down. And, and some days we feel great about what we're doing. And other days we're discouraged about what we're doing. Some days we're really excited and other days, we need somebody to come along and encourage us. So we don't gauge our success based on our feelings. Our feelings should be dragged along by the truth of the Bible, by the facts of the Scripture, by the sovereignty of God, by, by who we are in Jesus Christ. And sometimes we do have to drag our, our feelings along and, and, and believe the facts and the promises of God. But we don't judge our success based on our feelings. And, and so what I'm saying tonight is, this is really crucial, is that all of us need to be convinced tonight that the essence of success as a Christian is faithfulness. That's what it is. And there's something to be said about people that don't just give a few months and, and don't just give even a few years, but people that 
are consistent and reliable and steady for a lifetime of service to God. And that's exactly what I'm submitting tonight is true success. So that maybe someday we might even hear him say, well done, thou good and what? Faithful. That's what counts. That's what matters. Notice Proverbs 20, verse 6, where the Bible says this, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. I think there's, there's hints here that even faithfulness does affect the next generation. Faithfulness is passed on. Faithfulness is seen. Faithfulness is an example to be followed. I want you to see one other text that reveals to us this desperate need, the desperate need for us as believers to be steady and reliable and consistent. Turn to Psalm 12. Notice Psalm 12. Maybe you're familiar with this text. It is actually kind of a sad text that is probably true about our generation today as well. Psalm 12, verse 1, help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. For the faithful fail, the faithful fail from among the children of men. I've had the privilege of traveling all across the country, and I, I, one of the greatest benefits of being an evangelist is that some of my best friends are pastors. And we talk. We talk a lot about a lot of stuff. And you know what? I, I have experienced with a lot of pastors the, the desperate need for faithful people in the church. People who don't just commit and, and show up once in a while, but people who you just know that there, there's that steady person, there's the pillar in the church, there's the faithful person. And though everybody else may not show up, I know who's showing up. I know who the steady one is. I know who the faithful man. And, and the truth is, in a lot of cases, we could say this is true, that the godly are ceasing, the faithful are failing from among the children of men. And, and so uh, what I'm challenging all of us to be is, is faithful to God, faithful men and women. We must be faithful to God. That's, that's the challenge tonight. And what's interesting is we're gonna notice three qualities or three characteristics of someone who is faithful to God. And what's interesting about these characteristics is they are rooted and grounded in the character of God himself. All right, so this is basically what I'm teaching tonight. God is faithful in this way. And if God is faithful in this way, we should be faithful to him in the same way that he is faithful to us. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 says, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Psalm 36 verse 5 says, thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens and thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. And so if God is faithful, then his people must be faithful. And God is looking for faithful people. And so let's take a look at these three characteristics, three qualities that will help us to consider tonight, am I truly faithful the way I should be? Am I that consistent, steady, reliable person that God wants me to be? 
All right, so take your Bibles, first of all, and let's turn to Psalm 119. And as I just said, each of these characteristics are first of all seen in the faithfulness of God. And I do believe this is a natural outgrowth of our understanding and knowledge of this attribute of God. The more I get to know this attribute of God, the more consistent I'm going to be. And I do believe that's a pattern we see with the attributes of God. Uh, there are some of them that are communicated to us and we are, we are to ascribe to. There are others of God's attributes that we can't ascribe to. But many of them, we are, we are to be like him. We are to be holy like he is holy. We are to be merciful like he is merciful. And I think this is a great pattern to look at the quality of God. Look at the characteristic of God and then seek to pattern your, your consistency and your steadiness after his faithfulness. All right, so let's notice characteristic number one. A faithful person is one who is consistently confident in God's promises. This is characteristic number one. A faithful person is one who is consistently confident in God's promises. And what's interesting to note is that there are several references in the scripture that remind us that the promises of God, the statements of God, which we would link up to the scripture, the, the word of God, it is, it is actually said that those statements are faithful. Look at the first one that we'll see here in Psalm 119, verse 86. We're going to go to several different places as we go through the message tonight. Just mark some of these references. Psalm 119, of course, is this great psalm that is all about the Scripture. And here's what it says in verse 86. All thy commandments are what? Faithful. So God's commandments are faithful. Faith and faithfulness are always logically linked together. All right? So when we are talking about God's promises, we can say it's not enough to just give momentary assent to the steadiness and faithfulness of his promises, but a faithful Christian is one who is absolutely unwavering in their commitment to God's word, to God's commands, his statutes, his precepts, his testimonies. Look at Psalm 19, Psalm 19. I want you to see this, Psalm 19, verse seven. I'm sure you're familiar again with this amazing Psalm that reveals to us God's revelation his general revelation and his special revelation. And there's an entire message on Psalm 119 that could be shared about how God has revealed himself to us. But I'm sure you've seen this statement before, Psalm 19, verse seven. It says, the testimony of the Lord is, what's the next word? Sure. It's interesting that that's the same Hebrew word. We literally could say the testimony of the Lord is faithful. In other words, I'm glad to tell you, God keeps his promises. He never lies. He's steady and consistent. 1 Kings 8, verse 56, there hath not failed one word, not one word of all his good promise. Psalm 111, verse 7, all of his commandments are sure. Same word, faithful. All of his commandments are faithful. Ezekiel 12, verse 25, I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. All right, what I'm showing you is that God is faithful, first of all, in his spoken word, in his promises, they are steady, reliable, and sure. 
which means those of us that are striving for this steadiness and, and, and reliability in our faithful living for God must be committed to consistently being confident in what God says. Let me remind you tonight that the sufficiency of Scripture and the reliability of Scripture is at the very bedrock of our Christian faith. We must be faithful Christians who are consistently confident in God's promises. Listen, the world is dominated by lies. We need to know the truth because the truth then will set us free. So how does this show up in our lives as faithful Christians? I believe in two ways. Confidence in God's promises shows up, first of all, in how we practice God's word. We all know this, right? We know that it's not enough to hear it. We need to be doers of the word, not hearers only. We know that by our works, we prove our faith. Faith without works is dead. So we know that our faithfulness to God's word is shown by obedience in how we practice the word of God. But not only in how we practice the word of God, but secondly, in how we proclaim God's word. So if we're going to be consistently confident in God's promises, we don't just practice what God says, but we also proclaim what God says. We, we give the word of God in truth. And I think that this is, this is so appropriate for us living in the kind of culture we live in today, that we don't come to all of the cultural questions and all of the society issues with our own opinions, for, for our own opinions are just, just as solid as everybody else's. They may be logical, they may be reasonable, but you know what we need? We need biblical solutions. Faithful people are running to the Bible. And let me just tell you something. One of the things I learned in my Christian home was that we were doing a lot of things that were different than the, everybody else in the world was doing. But when we would ask questions, my dad would open the Bible and he'd say, well, look at this verse, or let's talk about this story, or let's look at this principle. And he would show us why we were doing and, and making those decisions in our Christian home. And, and we learned very quickly that, that the Herbster home was going to be built on solid, dogmatic, Living truth from the word of God. And I think that's very appropriate for all of us in our personal lives, in our families, in our ministries, that we would run quickly to the word of God because we have nowhere else to turn for stability. We have nowhere else to turn for this steadiness and this faithfulness. We must be faithful to God because God is faithful in his promises. So let's be committed to the word of God. Let's have a consistency in this confidence in God's word and let's prove it by our obedience and by our testification, our testifying, our proclamation of the word of God. A faithful person is one who is consistently confident in God's promises. Can I ask you tonight, are you doubting God? Are you living in such a way right now that is evidencing a, a lack of confidence in God's word? Do you read it? Do you study it? Do you memorize it? Do you meditate on it? Are you proving that you are seeking to be a faithful Christian? A faithful Christian is consistently confident in God's promises. That's true success. Stand on the word of God.
All right, let's turn to another text of Scripture. Turn with me to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. Of course, if you, if you know anything about your Bibles, you probably knew I was going to go to this text. We sing the great song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, which most likely was kind of uh, inspired by this text in Lamentations chapter 3. Notice verse 23. Lamentations 3 verse 23. As we move from this first characteristic, a faithful Christian is consistently confident in God's promises. As we move to number two, a faithful person is one who is consistently compassionate to God's people. A faithful Christian is one who is consistently compassionate towards God's people. You know this text, let's look at it. Lamentations 3, verse 23. It's rooted and grounded in God himself. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So it is clear in this text that the faithfulness of God and the mercy of God are very tightly linked. This is something we see throughout the the Old Testament specifically because actually the word mercy, the word for loving kindness, tender mercy, mercies, the very word that is used here is a word that refers to God's faithful loyalty to his people. It's his steadfast, loyal love. So love and faithfulness, mercy and faithfulness do go hand in hand together. And so what we're learning tonight is that God and his love never changes. It's a a steadfast love. From everlasting to everlasting, his mercy reaches us. And it says here that they are, his mercy is a steadfast love and it's seen every morning. His mercies are new every morning. And then this, this statement of praise, great is thy faithfulness. And I think this text helps us to see that if we are going to be faithful like God is faithful, then we never stop showing compassion. We never stop ministering mercy to other people. The most merciful people should be those who have experienced God's faithful mercy. And yet we hold on to grudges and we get bitter and angry and we retaliate and take vengeance and so forth and we don't have a forgiving spirit and we could go on and on and, and, and is there any one of us that hasn't struggled with this kind of a, a, a spirit that says, I'm done, I'm done with that person, I'm done with that ministry, I'm done with that situation because, uh, because I've already given enough love. Listen, we need to be faithful. God's mercy is faithful to us and we must be merciful to others. And what's where it really gets tough is when we talk about this, these two particular applications of this. First of all, compassion towards God's people, consistent compassion towards God's people is always revealed in how we forgive. How we forgive. We know these texts, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is what? 
faithful. All right, so God is faithful to forgive us. So the question is, why aren't we forgiving the person that offended us, the person that hurt us, or some situation that that occurred? Compassion towards God's people is revealed in how we forgive others. Question tonight, is there somebody you're bitter at? Is there a brother or sister in Christ, a family member, somebody that has said something or done something or or treated you in such a way that you're holding on to an offense, you're holding on to something and, and you're not showing mercy because part of showing mercy is releasing them, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Love thinketh no evil. Love is not evil, easily provoked. First Corinthians chapter 13. Boy, we should study that text because that's the kind of spirit we should have when we're faithful in loving people. Never stop loving. So don't ever stop forgiving. Not only do we forgive, compassion toward God's people is revealed in how we forgive, but secondly, compassion towards God's people is revealed in what we forfeit for others. What are we willing to give up? God was faithful to give up the glories of heaven. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. And I just want to encourage you tonight to keep giving, keep serving, keep loving, and be willing to sacrifice some of your time, your energy, your finances, your talents, your your gifts that God has given you, and, and use it in some sort of way to show mercy and kindness and ministry to other people. I love what one preacher said. He said in in this address to ministers, he said this. He said, to give my life for Christ appears to be very glorious. He said to pour myself out for others, to pay the ultimate price of martyrdom, I'll do it. I'm ready, Lord, to to go out in a blaze of glory. He said we think giving our our all to the Lord is like taking $1,000 and laying it all on the table at one time. Lord, here's my life, Lord, I'm giving it all. But as he said, but the reality for most of us is that he sends us to the bank and he has us cash in the $1,000 for quarters. And he said, we go through life putting out a quarter here, 50 cents there. And it's really not as glamorous as it appears. You see, he finished his statement by saying it really isn't glamorous. It's actually giving the little things one quarter at a time. I want to encourage you to be faithful, to serve one another, love one another, pray for one another, forgive one another, bless one another. And this is, this is the place. The local church is where God has called us to be merciful Don't ever stop being merciful. Don't ever stop having compassion. Faithful people are people who are consistently showing compassion towards God's people. All right, one final text. Let's turn to Psalm 33. Psalm 33. All right, what I'm trying to show us tonight is that this is what true success is. And and it's not in just a few months or even a few years. It's a lifetime success of desire, a lifetime of steadiness and reliability and consistency. And I'm really glad that that God forgives us and God pushes us along, that none of us are perfect, but this is the type of steadiness that we should be seeking. 
And there's something really positive about it when we can say about someone, you know what I like about that person? They're the same today that they were 10 years ago. That's, that's not a bad thing. That's actually kind of a good thing. Oh, listen, I understand things change, culture changes and so forth, and we can make adjustments here and there, but at the very core of who we are, there should be something that's reliable. There should be something that's steady. Psalm 33, verse four, gives us our third quality, all right? Let's just review. A a faithful person is one who is consistently confident in God's promises. God is looking for us to be faithful. Number two, a faithful person is one who is consistently compassionate towards God's people. And then finally, a faithful person is one who is consistently completing God's plan. Psalm 33, verse 4. Again, this is rooted in God because God finishes his works. And all of his works, as it says here, are faithful. For the word of the Lord is right. Psalm 33, verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works faithful. You see in the King James translation, there are two words that are in italics. That's why I kind of skipped over the italic words because those are added to make it easier to read. And it's an appropriate thing to add, but literally it says, all God's works, faithful. It says they're done in truth. This is the same word that is translated faithful. They're steady, they're consistent, they're reliable. God always finishes what he starts. And the the, the greatest example of this is he who has begun a good work in you, shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Praise God, Jesus is coming again. He will be faithful all the way to the end. He will complete the work that he has started in our lives. He will complete that salvation and that glorification and as we are with him forever in heaven. So he completes what he starts. He finishes his work. All of his works are steady, reliable, and faithful. And what this means is that the spirit of a faithful one is... Oh, Lord, I just want to do your will. I just want to do your will. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 24, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. It's required of stewards, 1 Corinthians 4, 2, that a man be found faithful, and faithfulness is Stepping into God's will and staying in God's staying in God's will, and seeking it daily, and seeking it in your life, in your family, in your ministry, and just having the spirit that says, "I want to complete what God wants me to do, what God has called me to do." And this desire to complete God's plan is revealed in our steady will. Nothing should shake us from wanting to do what God has called us to do. And nothing should stop us from doing what God has called us to do. Desire to complete God's plan is revealed in a steady will and desire to complete God's plan is revealed in a steady work. Steady work. I love what F.B. Meyer said. He said, don't waste your time waiting and longing for the grand opportunities, which may never come, but faithfully handle the little things that are always claiming your attention.
And let's be hard workers. Let's have a steady will and a steady work. And let's do what God has called us to do and finish the plan that he has for our lives. Don't quit. You know what? There are people in here and you started a ministry and then you stopped. Can I encourage you? Maybe you ought to get back in. Maybe you ought to surrender back and and get back in the same ministry. Maybe it's even something else that you need to be involved in. And and sometimes we talk big about something we're going to do, but we never allow God to, to bring that to fruition. And if God is calling you to do something and God is pushing you to do something, then I'd encourage you to be faithful and complete God's plan and stay in his will for your life. So the challenge is obvious tonight. We need to be faithful. From the youngest to the oldest in this room, we, we, want, we want God to really challenge us tonight. Where, where are we showcasing some unfaithfulness? Where are we seeing in our lives uh, where we're not consistent? Where we're actually very inconsistent? Is it in our trust and dependence on the word of God? Is it in our love and mercy and forgiveness and compassion or whatever, whatever word you want to use to describe the way you're treating people? It's not okay to mistreat people. You got you to be loving and compassionate and merciful because God always loves you. Is it something you've quit on that God clearly led you to do and you've just gotten lazy or given up or something like that? There could be even other applications tonight. Maybe just in a general sense, you know you're not faithful. You're not consistent. Well, I hope the challenge tonight will will really motivate you and inspire you to ask God to put the very character that he exemplifies, put that kind of faithfulness into your life and into my life. Because my friends, that's what matters. That's what matters. We may not see all of the huge success of the world that's okay as long as we're faithful we may not live a life that is just always inspired and excited about doing everything we're doing our feelings will be up and down but you know what we can be faithful and we can be faithful with God's help these principles his empowering grace in our lives And that's what I long for, and I hope that's what you long for tonight. Let's be faithful to the Lord. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?